Hey, welcome to Youth Ministry in New Zealand. This is a podcast we hope will equip, inspire and uplift all those who want to see young people thrive. Welcome to Youth Ministry in New Zealand. I am Tim Duxfield and I'm here with my friend Jasmine Vanderwerf. Hello. And we are sitting down to record an introduction to our first podcast episode. Because a few weeks ago we sat down with our dear friend Eugene and we recorded an amazing first podcast Mm. and we forgot to introduce it or conclude it in any kind (laughs) of meaningful way. So... We then listen to ourselves, which is always an interesting experience, mm. and uh, are here to bring that frame for this conversation we had. Now, when we were talking to Eugene, it was Māori Language Week, and that was really exciting because the conversation we had with Eugene was about faith and Māori tanga. Yeah. Now, Jess, do you want to kind of talk a bit more about why we had that conversation <laughs> and why we invited Jean, Eugene to speak to that? Yeah, so I mentioned it a little bit um, in the intro that we did with him about um, how, what I'd heard from him before. But really for me, I just like don't feel like I know enough about this Māori worldview, which is a part of like the town that we live in mm. and a part of our New Zealand context. We have so much more awareness in today's world, but I still feel like I'm catching up. It's mm. a slightly older age. You know, our young people really get it, but I don't know if I do so much. And so being able to have this as one of our first episodes, what it means to do youth ministry in New Zealand means we have to engage with our Māori uh, people, with our um, Pākehā people as well, and help them to engage better in our Mm. churches. What does it look like to be a truly bicultural nation? eh? What does it look like to be a bicultural church? And I think it's you know, like, so we live in Martin, and Martin is this great example of, like, colonialism all over again. Mm. So Martin was originally called Tutainui, uh, which relates the name of the stream that runs through our town, Tutainui mm. Stream, which is linked to the story of Tutai Poroporo, who is a Tanifa. And uh, the colonists didn't like the name because they kept getting confused about it. <laughs> And that was misinterpreted as meaning many different things. Mm. And so they changed the name to Martin. Martin. Which is a town in England, the birthplace <laughs> of Captain Cook. And, I, and we I, have a statue to Captain Cook. And I think what Eugene saw and was like, what the heck? Yeah. It's like, it's like classic colonialism yeah. right there, right? Um, and I think all over New Zealand, there's this really obliviousness to what it would look like to truly live in a bicultural nation. And it's really fun to explore in mm. conversation yeah. and to challenge ourselves, aren't I? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was a very fun conversation to have, I think. Did you feel like you learned something? I did. I felt quite challenged. I felt like there was a lot of nervous laughter, which you'd expect <laughs> for your first podcast. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was an amazing conversation. I think Eugene had some really good wisdom to share. So we're just going to go to that conversation now. And we really hope that you enjoy that too. Yeah, awesome. All right. Enjoy.
Welcome to our podcast. Uh, welcome, Eugene. Um, we're really excited to have you here and really excited for this to kind of be our first episode that we're recording. Um, I feel like we all feel like we're a little bit out of our depth, but so excited. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually, when I first started thinking about this podcast, you are one of the first people that came to mind. So feel blessed <laughs> when I, oh yeah, when I started doing it. <laughs> because I think a little bit, because I've heard you talk before at Connect, which is the Presbyterian Youth Leaders Gathering. Um, and I actually went two years in a row, even though you kind of talked about the same things, because yeah. I like was so blown away the first year um, that I was like, man, I do not understand Māori things very well, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. And I guess a little bit because of the context that I come from is very kind of white and, um, yeah, haven't had that much interaction. So getting to hear you speak about stuff, man, has just kind of shaped how I do ministry. So I'm really excited to have you here with us talking about this. So do you want to do a little bit of an intro of who you are? Yeah, killed it. Um, yeah, I'm Eugene, obviously, and work for a place called Scripture Union, which is an ancient organisation. <laughs> um, so old, 112 years, I think, um, in New Zealand. Um, who strongly do times like my age. I know. <laughs> I'm like a young person. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so because of that, I've been blessed to be able to go to connect mm. and the Abbey and other conferences and share my heart, which is about the Treaty of Waitangi, um, Gospel's arrival in Aotearoa and what it looks like to be moving towards a bicultural nation. And so that means mm. I have to deal with, um, deal with is probably a harsh way to put it. <laughs> I have to converse with people um, about context mm. um, and how culture and dominant context um, shapes worldview and how it's not necessarily correct. Yeah. Which is easy with young people and hard with old people. Mm. So, yeah. That's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, very cool. Um, So today we're talking a little bit about that and what it means for young people's lives. Um. Yeah, do you want to just share a little bit about what your heart is? Yeah, so my, um, like I said, work Scripture Union, blessing. Uh-huh. Um, my heart at Scripture Union um, obviously has been talking about context and especially for young people. Um, and I think I was blessed as a younger person, younger than I am now, <laughs> um, to have a youth pastor that encouraged me to be Māori, um, even mm. though I was very not I was about as white with brown skin as you could get. <laughs> I mean, I have the name Eugene. Likely that doesn't say anything. <laughs> um, then I don't know what else. And so she encouraged me to be Māori. And so my journey with God has been trying to find out what that is. Mm. Um, and by doing that, I've had to break down what would be considered like normal, traditional Christian practice mm. and go, ah, man, okay, that actually firstly doesn't line up with Māori tanga, but secondly doesn't line up with the truth. Um, of the gospel. And so, um, yeah, being able to communicate that message to young people of just saying, hey, man, what you first got told or first believed isn't necessarily the truth. Dig deep and find what it actually is um, has been real cool. 
Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> and either way, it's challenging. Either way. Yeah. Challenging. Because I think the reality is the gospel always works against dominant culture. Yeah. You know, and mm. the context we're in in New Zealand uh, is that Māori culture is not the dominant culture and it has been for a long time marginalised. Yeah. Mm. We're on a bit of a journey as a nation now to begin to heal some of that. Yeah, totally. Um, and we're recording today during Māori Language Week, which is quite cool. <laughs> Um, But also, Christianity in New Zealand does have the history of the colonial conquering Mm. faith, and that has made it, uh, what was the term we used? A whitewashed religion. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which might be offensive, (laughs) but kind of hits the issue on its head. Uh. When we're engaging with young people, uh, we have to help them see the truth of scripture and Mm. not just a whitewashed religious yeah, okay. it's so it's so interesting though, isn't it? That like Maori kind of get the gospel a lot easier than us British people do anyway, because <laughs> you know that kind of cultural um, stuff around like Fano and mm. like we are community, we are, you know, we look after each other. Whereas mm. like within our church, we kind of have to push against that to make that happen. Yeah, in this current time, it's difficult um, being a Maori Christian. Because I think, firstly, there's not a lot of Māori Christians. Mm. They're a bit of a rare breed. Mm. Um, and if we look at history and everything that's shaped Māori people, especially within the last hundred years, World War Two, World War One, legislation, etc., um, you're not going to find a lot in church. Mm. Um, because church itself, as an organisation, did its utmost best to make them unwelcome. Mm. Um, and so the current version of Māori tanga looks far different from what a historical version of Māori tanga looks like. Mm. So I just like put that out there, like in terms of the truth of historical Māori tanga, very, very close mm-hmm. um, to what would be like a Hebraic approach to Jesus. Sure. Current Māori culture, very Western. Mm. And so I think for all of us, Māori and Pākehā and whoever else, journeying back towards that historical route um, is a journey for everyone, not just Pākehā people. And so we're all on the discovery journey of going, okay, what does that look like? Yeah. Where is truth? So unpack that for us a bit. Um, Just explain that idea of this journey of understanding Māori tanga and understanding Christian truth. What does that look like and why is that significant for all young people, all youth workers, our whole nation, mm. and not just specific people. Um, for talking about the merits um, of Māori tanga and Māori context, um, historically, they had a very direct view of spirituality. Mm. And so God, being God, was automatically real. Mm. Automatically, the spiritual preceded the physical. Mm. And so anything that God said was like law. And so everything that happened from a spiritual perspective just shaped reality. Mm. And reality was defined by God. Mm. Um, And so therefore, things that Jesus did in the Bible, his miraculous healings, his casting out of demons, his um, all of the cool stuff, um, (laughs) they were like, yep, done. That, Mm. That has to be reality. If we are Christian, um, we have to be operating in that way. Otherwise, we aren't doing it. Mm. Mm. 
Um, and it wasn't even like a doing it not well. It was either you are doing what Jesus did or you aren't a follower of Jesus. Mm. And so even though that draws quite a hard line for us in today's context, because back to the whitewash thing, we like take Jesus and the bits we can do and go, oh, yeah, I'm doing that, therefore I must be good enough. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Where the reality is if we aren't doing all of it, we haven't made it yet mm. for a, a historical yeah. minor context. And so, yeah, so that offers beauty. It also offers like a standard, but I think it makes it achievable because it is the expectation. Mm. If you are following Jesus, you are doing the things that he did or you're not. Mm. There's no halfway. And so, yeah, it makes it quite hard, I guess, in our current context. But would it be beneficial if we were aiming for that? Heck yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that's such a hard thing for the kind of whitewashed Christian church? This is going to get slightly ruthless. It's all right. We, um, warning. We, we, can, we, can, we can edit you out if you yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just letting you know it's going to get <laughs> um, Historically... So let's look at, I mean, love the Anglicans, um, but like the Church of England, and even prior to that with Catholicism and all that kind of stuff, at some point post, actually during like the Roman version of um, Christianity, pardon me, Jesus got less important mm. and acts or performance or whatever got more important. Mm. And so... Um, if following Jesus was simply about doing things, we would never match up. Mm. And so to make people feel like they could reach some sort of holiness or sanctification, um, they introduced sort of just lower standards. Mm. And so we mm-hmm. have been living the history of our ancestors of the church who have just continued to lower the bar and lower the bar so that we can meet some sort of standard. And the other thing is we look at capitalist society and go, wow, it's so evil mm. from a church perspective, but the church made it, mm. literally created capitalist society. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, whoa, <laughs> if we made it, what is wrong with us? <laughs> and so in Pākehā context, well, Western context, but also church context, like we have the same sort of three pinnacle values. Mm of power, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. money, and of achievement. Mm. And we um, are stuck because those are three things that Jesus was 100% not about. Yeah. Mm. So, for example, you hear it said in church, um, and you'll see a lot of your elders who um, would be considered good stewards. And good stewardship is definitely a biblical concept. Mm-hmm. But good stewardship is... Not the amassing of wealth, it's the amassing of generosity. Mm. I have much, therefore I give much. Um, But the cultural view is, if you're a good business person, you have many properties, you obviously must be a good Christian. And so those sorts of things are just massive barriers, Mm. massive barriers, because we are living what we believe to be scriptural truth, but actually isn't remotely close. So what you're saying is we predominantly exist in a church that's not only whitewashed but watered down. Yes. My mind to to keep, the same keep that metaphor. <laughs> um, White and then wash. So, so <laughs> tell us then, you know, from your experience of your journey uh, into Māori Christianity and your work with young people in Scripture, etc., etc., 
how can we work with young people to help them identify the three values of the world that mm. we're against or are trying to transform and then bring that transformation in our lives and our ministries. Yeah, totally. I think it's been awesome being able to uh, communicate about Māori culture mm. because it provides, especially historical Māori culture, it provides a context for us to go, um, look well, to measure current Christianity against it and go, how does this line up with Hebraic culture? And so it gives us a measuring stick, which isn't, like comparisonitis isn't the best thing to do. But for us to be able to go, where is a standard? Um, looking at historical Maori culture, especially the Christian version of it, which is very old. Yeah. Um, provides us a context to go, okay, so that is doable because it mm. has been done. Mm. Therefore, we can get back to it. And so... So to, just to clarify, you're speaking about like the missionary Māori church at that point? Yeah, yeah, correct. Oh. Nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Māori practice of Christianity was so beautiful. Um, and it was beautiful because it resembled, to the best of its ability, the same values of Christ, mm. of hospitality, mm. um, of putting God first, and of... Um, just the constant redemptive reconciliatory story. And so, um, yeah, that would be the easiest way. Well, the closest relational thing for us as New Zealanders mm. to be able to go, okay, what is my faith and how is it measuring up to something that could look like Jesus? Mm. Measure it up against the old Māori thing. Yeah, cool. That would be the easiest way to do it. The other thing is, I think... And this is also going to be ruthless. Um, we, as a as youth pastors or youth workers, generally, um, we don't know what we don't know. Yep. Mm. And so we get trained um, or taught certain things about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and if we're all living or imbibing a watered-down Jesus... That's all we're going to be able to give. Mm. Um, and like Pentecostals, for all of their craziness, mm. we can judge them till the cows come home. They um, do their utmost best to try and hear God and hear mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit and yeah. operate in that place. And I think for conservative Christians, like I'm, I'm ex-Baptist, <laughs> um, we need to take some of that. Everyone needs, everyone has a piece of God and we all need to just put the elephant back together. Mm. So... Yeah. So, like, peeps believe that God will heal people. Believe that he will cast out demons. Mm -hmm. Believe that he will change lives. Stop doing it in your own strength. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy. Simple. <laughs> simple. Simple. You got that, guys? So simple. <laughs> so, do you have some places that we can point people? So, like, you're talking about how we don't, we only know what we know, which is so true yeah. of me. Like, mm -hmm. where can I go to find out more? Apart from listening to you, clearly. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, of course. <laughs> Apart from this podcast. <laughs> um, I would always point people towards Jay Edelka's podcast, mm. even though he, like, he obviously targets to an adult audience. Yeah. Um, it's helpful because he paints a good middle, or like a go-between line between Māori Tonga and Christianity. Mm. Cool. Um, and paints context. And read his book. Um, or you can Which read... Which is called? Ah, uh, what is it called? Who are come home. home. Come home? Come, come home? home? You'll find home. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's online. 
Um, we'll, or... we'll post links to them yeah. somewhere. Sure. Yeah. 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 We can do this. <laughs> the future. We're in the future. <laughs> um, 100%. Yeah, recommend that. Actually, I, yeah, I, I mean, I would also recommend Bible and Treaty by Keith Newman. Um, mm. To provide. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, which is a really good book, but is quite academic. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and also one of the books that influenced me when I was at Praxis was Ask That Mountain, um, which mm. talks about the story of Parihaka. Mm. Um, oh, because there's so many stories in yeah. the history of New Zealand where God moved powerfully mm. and was just shut down. But it's so good to see that he has been here and he will continue to be here. Yeah. I think part of it is just acknowledging that, isn't it? I don't know everything. Therefore, I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone, yeah. seek some help and feel like a complete and utter ignorant person <laughs> for a while yeah, and just walk on the back foot yeah. until I learn. Yeah, yeah that's right. Mm. But it's that hard step of humility, isn't it? To step out oh, of my comfort zone. so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So painful. Yeah. How much pain have you guys walked through in the humility journey? So much. Too I've pretty much. much eaten like a million humility pies. <laughs> I just... I have those moments where I'm like, surely God, it's enough humility now that I can be yeah. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 1 to 4. It's like, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. Yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> haven't bled for humility yet. I hope in Martin we're not going to end up bleeding for our humility. Yeah, I just, you never know, right? <laughs> Some of these young people. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess that's the other way to come into this conversation. So we've talked to youth ministers, youth workers, whatever, about what they can do, steps they can take. What can young people do? How can we encourage young people to begin mm. this journey mm. of understanding the great diversity and depth of New Zealand culture that includes Māori tanga and Māori mm-hmm. Christianity? Yeah. Because, I mean, realistically, a lot of them are growing up in a whitewashed world. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, uh, there, in my eyes, has been a massive cultural shift outside of the church in regards mm. to New Zealand's approach mm. to Māori tanga. Definitely. And whenever I run my workshop, um, whether it's like about the treaty or about tikanga or whatever, the young people that come, um, it's like I'm like talking to the converted. Sure. <laughs> And in my um, history of youth ministry, like, it's refreshing for me. I like don't have to convince people of a truth. I just have to point them in the direction. And they're like, oh, that, mm. we already knew that. Mm. And so, um, yeah, obviously this generation, Generation Z, A. Anyway, you, got, you guys got a label. <laughs> um, we need some of those, like, crazy European vowels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <generation>. yeah. <laughs> um, our so inquisitive about a why about the context of things and I think that the encouragement is just to go deep Mm. like don't stop at what someone's told you Mm. find more Um, Mm -hmm. I had a kid come up to me at a um, good thing I can't remember his name (laughs) at a combined service last week and he said prove God to me (laughs) and I was like I mean I'm just going to start with I can't but God can prove himself to you if mm. you're up to just accepting whatever answer he gives you. Good answer. Um, but then I said, but like science, you're probably going to bring the science argument. And he was like, yeah, evolution's real. And I was like, sweet, why? And he just said, oh, 
I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, well, there's another combined event in a month. Come back to me with your why of evolution and then let's have a convo. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was a shame that he believed something that had no depth to it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, man, guys, find the depth. Find the why. Find something to stand on and believe in. Even if it's wrong, go hard. And then when someone breaks your foundation, then you get to change your mind. But don't stand on nothing. So you're saying don't settle for the easy answer. Don't set up yeah. settle for the handout answer. Never settle for the handout figure answer. Figure out what you actually believe. Hard out. I remember reading C.S. Lewis's biography. Oh, yeah. Mm. So good. Yeah, and he, um, he talks about his time where he was trained under like a private tutor whose basic method of instruction was... What do you think about that? And then would just ask him why, 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 <laughs> until he got to the core of what he believed. Yeah. And if he if he made a statement without evidence to back it up, without having thought about why, his tutor would just break it down to prove that you've got to have something to stand on. Yeah. Which is quite a harsh way of proving the it's, same yeah, point. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Probably not working for everyone. He turned into a fantastic oh, story. <laughs> it clearly that's, worked for him. That's true. Yeah, but youth pastors don't do that to your young people. <laughs> yeah. Them to ask the why question. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> but from an empowerment point yeah. of view. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Don't start there. <laughs> yeah. Even youth pastors, like, ask yourself your why. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's so important. Yeah. I sort of go through like a moment every year in summer where I just deconstruct my faith mm-hmm. and just go, okay, well, why am I still here? Mm-hmm. What is keeping me here? Mm-hmm. Why Jesus? Um, and it soul destroys every time. But it keeps me strong for the rest of the year. So, the church is clearly behind the rest of culture oh, on this right. journey. Yeah, which you know we're good. We at all being, know we're good at being ten years behind everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think, however, though, like I think the story the gospel tells and the picture the Bible paints is one of where actually the church leads the way on these yes. issues of reconciliation mm. and unity and deep understanding. Mm. How do we move towards that place where we're not following behind culture badly, but actually leading the way into this new season of deep spirituality and understanding in New Zealand? Just to go for the big question. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, where do I start? <laughs> um, we have to be smart. And by being smart, I mean look at the direction of, well, oh, man, I would always come back to prayer. To be honest, that's where I start everything. Mm. It's like, God, mm. what are you saying? Mm. Um, and just to like break down prayer, prayer is 100% more about listening than talking, guys. So um, <laughs> practice that version. <laughs> and just go, okay, God, what's the new? Mm. Or what is the old? Or what is the what is the haps? And he, in my experience, always answers. Mm. Mm. And if we are asking about what he wants ahead of time, we will be ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Like we look at um, CMS, we look at Clapham Sect, we look mm. at Moravian Monks, we look at the history of these powerful movements mm. um, of Christ. And what were they doing? They were just listening to God. Yeah. Mm. And he was going, go ahead, prepare the way. Yeah. And so I would just centre it there. Yeah. And what is he saying now? Um, I think he's saying everyone learn a bit of Māori. Mm. Yep. Um, anyone that has small kids will know that they go to like kindergarten or whatever it's called, childcare, come back and they're speaking Māori sentences. Yeah. Mm. 
And I'm like, wow, if that's not a sign of how to move forward, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great example because it shows the importance of this journey with young people. Yeah. Because they're the ones who are going to bring the change in our nation. Yeah. You know? Mm. I was super impressed. We celebrated Māori Language Week at church on Sunday. And one of our dear old parishioners was helping lead the service <laughs> and used the liturgy in Tharao Māori, oh, haltingly, yes. fumblingly, <laughs> but committed to try. Come oh, on. Awesome. You know? And that's a gift to the church. You know? Hard out. And that wouldn't yeah. have happened, what, five years ago? No way. Yeah. yeah. So we're already shifting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if we want to be foreigners, we just got to be doing God's thing. Yeah. He says go, we go. Who was it who said if something's worth doing well, it's worth doing badly first? <laughs> I don't know, but that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think, like, I know because I think it's important to this, like, it's worth stumbling and faltering your way through this and trying and mispronouncing yeah. things and getting it wrong and looking like the ignorant person yeah. in order to get better and do it well. Hard out. Yeah. Well, that's like people constantly talk about, like, oh, we don't want things to be token. And, of course, we don't. But sometimes mm. you have to start there yeah. to get to a place where it's real and living and, like, good. Because sometimes, like, I get scared doing stuff because I'm like, oh, I don't want it to be, like, a token gesture because mm. everyone's like, ugh, about it. But actually... I think if you're leaning into it with earnestness mm. and integrity, yeah. but how simple it is, it's never token. Mm. Yeah, it's only ever token if it's superficial. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. I think the other uh, hallmark of tokenism is if it stays there. Mm. If you start at the starting point and think that you've made it and then stay <laughs> at the starting yeah. point, you've, you're living in tokenism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you're always moving forward yeah. towards something new or fresh, then you're winning. And I'd sort of liken it to, I'm a guitarist, and when I started guitar, I was trash. And I <laughs> freely admit that. Yeah. Um, and, like, even my parents, my dad's a musician, and he, like, couldn't listen to me, so I had to practice outside. Because oh, it so was sad. that bad. <laughs> and so, and so I practiced outside, and I practiced with my fingers bleed, and eventually I got good. And mm. then it was acceptable. And so it's sort of the same thing. Start mm. with the ugliness, do it outside, do it inside, whatever's uncomfortable, and then eventually it'll centre itself. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And surrounding it with humility and prayer kind of yeah. <laughs> keeps it in God's, God's world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things we haven't addressed yet, which will be good to address before we kind of wrap up, is the truth that if people choose to go down this journey, actually they're going to face opposition from the church at this stage too. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> um, my, uh, and this is probably like a praxis uh, bringing. Um, true praxis. True praxis. <laughs> um, yeah, my perception of following Jesus is you will find opposition from everyone. Hmm. Um, especially established organization. And, um, yeah, when you pursue loving the marginalized, mm. someone's going to hate you. Mm. And mm. Um, if you sign up for Jesus, he, you're just going to find enemies, unfortunately. And so... And then you're going to love them. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can love them and they'll still hate you. And it's like, oh, well, that's what I signed up for. And then you'll be blessed because you're persecuted. Yeah. It's scripture. It's scripture. It's scripture. <laughs> Yeah, so if you aren't getting persecuted, you're not working out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like I, uh, yeah, 
I mean, Jasmine and I were talking about this at prayers this morning. Mm. Actually, if you come into the Christian walk expecting it to be easy and comfortable, you're going to hit up against hardship and it's going to suck. Yeah. But if you come into the Christian walk expecting there to be opposition and hardship because Jesus told us there would be, yeah. mm. then actually it's going to be an easier walk because you know what you're getting yourself That's in right. for. Mm. And the win, like it's not all, I mean, it is. there's a lot of pain, but the ultimate win is that people's lives are changed, that you bring freedom and hope to people who would never have been able to experience that. Amen. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, and so is it worth it? Heck yeah. Yeah, so, totally. But and, and, just, and to see God's breakthrough in these areas and oh, see man. people have those moments where they get what God is doing is so worth it. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. So worth it. I had another little old lady yeah. who came up to me before the church service a couple of, probably about a couple months ago now. So we just started the journey in Tarao Māori in our service. Ooh. And um, she comes up to me before the service and she goes, Tim, I need to talk to you. So I assumed <laughs> I was in trouble, which is a fairly safe assumption. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And then in stumbling and halting Tarao Māori, with pretty good pronunciation, actually, she said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Oh, so cool. She said it was a children's memory verse, and I memorized it. Oh, come on. (laughs) Little wins. And it wasn't token because it was earnest. Yeah. Yeah. And those are beautiful kingdom moments. Little, little ones, but beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's so good, eh? So good. It made my day. I don't even know what happened the rest of the season. <laughs> it made my day. Like, ah. <laughs> Day's done. Yeah, yeah. Kingdom <laughs> moment. It's happened. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's right. so good. Well, that felt like a good story to end on. Yes. <laughs> Eugene, thank you so much for coming and having this conversation with. I feel like I need to go and have a coffee by myself and think about a lot of the things that you just said. <laughs> I can point you in the direction of a good resource, a podcast you can listen to on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it hey. James? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. So um, is there some way that people can find you if they have more questions or you want to stay hidden? Don't want to talk <laughs> yeah, anymore. I want to be anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if I just search up Scripture Union yeah. cool. on the old interwebs. I said like that for older people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then you can just email me or ring me. Phone number's on there. I'm keen. I love combos. Yay. Bring it. Yes. He'll shout the coffee even. I actually will shout coffee. (laughs) So we have just had, well, I mean, for you, you just had it listeners but we had two weeks ago a conversation with Eugene about faith about youth ministry about Māori tanga and where they intersect and what it looks like to live and do ministry with young people in New Zealand Aotearoa Mm. at this time and we just kind of want to chat and reflect upon that conversation a bit uh, and try and ground it perhaps uh, in the in the context of youth ministry and what it looks like to actually live this out Mm. So Jazz, you listened to this and you kind of gave yourself a few thoughts and questions and um, some reflections on what Eugene shared and you pointed out that he actually challenged you in a couple of places. Do you want to share some of what stood out to you from the conversation? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I didn't write down, which I'm thinking about now, is how, like, I never realised how, like, afraid I was of, like, 
getting it wrong. Mm. And I think a little bit of that is because of when I was younger, I had an incident where I tried to run something as like a youth leader and it was terrible and very like quite um like the whole thing was like oh we take our shoes off as we enter the building and we'll do a hong in it was like like I put no effort into it but then I got really slammed for it but I mean I was only 15 and it really like hurt me in terms of where my journey mm. went because I that was me trying and no one told me all my friends at Omori that I talked to about it no one told me don't do it mm, and mm. so then when I came into it and this guy was like this is the worst and you shouldn't pray in Māori if you don't know it properly and so now for me like I really like struggle with uh being able to speak out but I love what we talked about with Eugene about how you have to embrace that awkwardness to get there mm. if you stay in your own context you're never gonna get anywhere so for me that was such a good challenge to be like actually I have to be okay with not getting it right because mm. otherwise I'm never going to do anything and I think that's where I've been before of not wanting to do too much because I don't want to insult anyone mm. Mm. yeah <laughs> it's a hard place to be though I think yeah. but I think for the sake of my young people I have to be willing to take that risk yeah I mean one of the one of the lines we talk about in our Anglican diocese a lot of the moment is we've got to leave the church in a better place than we were given it. Yeah. And I think that same goes for kind of working with young people in New Zealand. Man, we're in this position with a huge amount of responsibility and a huge amount of opportunity to make their lives and their New Zealand better than the one we inherited as mm. young people. Yeah. You know, and we already see across New Zealand there's a massive move and a greater awareness about Māori Tanga and Te Rao Māori language. Mm. Um but still, actually, there are so many of us who are overtly and uh, or subconsciously or unconsciously racist. Mm. And um, we're just living in this massive tension and struggle between that whole spectrum in New Zealand. Yeah. And, and I think for clarity's sake, look, Jasmine and I are no experts on any of this. No, for um, sure. Our capacity with Māori language is very limited. Yeah. Um, our understanding of Māori tanga is that of two white people who are passionate about making New Zealand a better place for young people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're by no means insiders or cultural experts, but we're mm. here as, as people who want to learn and want to grow and have this conversation. And so, look, whatever context you find yourself in, whatever your experience is, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your mm. experiences with Māori culture, your experiences with young people in Māori understanding. And we would love to hear your questions and what you would like us to reflect upon and talk about as uh, podcasters. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like like it's not set in stone. Everything that we're doing is so flexible at the moment because mm. it is so new. But I feel like maybe this could be a good thing to start talking about on things like Facebook and Instagram. Sure, yeah. You know, we can share some mm. comments that people might have, um, mm. some reflections of their own stories. And I'm sure we'll come back to this at some point because it's such a big topic and we're really honest. It's kind of such a big part of being a youth minister in New Zealand, eh? Well, and it I feel should like be. If this is our podcast title, yeah. we're going to have to touch on it again. <laughs> well, Once I or twice, really perhaps. hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, one of the things as well that I was thinking about is I loved the comment that Eugene made about having a youth pastor that helped him embrace his moldiness. Mm -hmm. That, like, he didn't um, kind of get stuck in, I think, what a lot of Māori previously have of trying to fit into 
our Western Pākehā worldview, Pākehā worldview, and that translates into church as well. Mm. And so I, I guess it made me think about, am I doing a good job at that in our youth group? Mm. And how do I encourage young people to embrace their cultural background? We have a lot of different backgrounds. We're very blessed in our youth group. Mm. Um, I think I counted like six different languages spoken between Kia all up. the kids, which is awesome. But like, how do I help them embrace that because a lot of them are first generation in New Zealand mm, and they're mm. trying to fit in at school. They're trying mm, to like mm. wash it away. But how do we do that well in our youth group? Yeah, I think that's a real fundamental question about identity. Eh? Mm. How do we help young people develop a firm, a strong sense of personal identity that allows them to be themselves, to be unique, but also to strongly or to engage in communities and in schools from a position of strength? Mm. Um, and I mean, like a unique characteristic of Martin, our hometown where we're working in, is actually a third of our community is Samoan. Yeah. And most of those are first generation Samoan families. Yeah. And so when we when we talk about helping young people embrace their cultural identity, for us, look, it's not just about Māori tanga. Mm. There's a huge one across all New Zealand, but actually it's got to go beyond that. It's got to also uh, be a conversation about how do we help Samoan young people. Yeah embrace their Samoan identity and Asian yeah. young people embrace their Asian identity and Pākehā young people embrace their Pākehā mm. identity. Yeah. But all within a culture of respect, of honour, of humble willingness to learn from one another. Yeah, I mean, they make a lot of jokes at each other and it really saddens me because, I mean, like, it's weirdly racist and it's like, I thought we'd moved on mm. from this thing but they'll call each other, like, fobs or, like, oh, you're just that Asian dude, you know, like, and it's, mm. it's just, it hurts me but I... I don't know if that's them, like, backlashing against what they kind of see as their identity. Because they'll all laugh about mm. these jokes being made about them. And I always say to them, like, don't do this. Like, you need to honour where you've come from. But, yeah, maybe we just need to start doing some more. But I don't know how what that looks like yet. Mm. Mm. Love to hear what you guys think. <laughs> no, genuinely, though. I feel like this podcast really is about um, making me a better youth pastor. Like, that's the... <laughs> I just need some ideas, guys. Send them in. <laughs> Rename the podcast. Helping Jasmine yeah. be a better youth pastor. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Exactly. Love it. I mean, I think you touched on something that's like a wider issue in New Zealand culture, that of tearing each other down. Yeah. You know, yeah. And we, we make the joke that we tease the people we love. And to some extent, humour is a great tool to build community. But actually, there's a real negative undercurrent in New Zealand culture that teenagers do pick up on and live yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do we do as people working with young people to challenge that culture in a positive, empowering way. Mm. What do you do, Jasmine? I feel like, like I just talked about, I try to really um, stop them from having that talk because I think negative self-talk is like the beginning of negative self-worth. Like even when you're making jokes about it, even if you think it's funny, it's still seeping in. Mm. Um, and so I try and be very careful about the things that I'll say to them because I want to be a really good witness to them about what it sure looks like. Mm. But also, I don't know, I feel like it, <laughs> I feel a little bit lost in this mm. because I am like all of my heritage is white. Mm-hmm. And so I don't necessarily like get where they're coming from and what they've been through. Mm. Um what would what would you suggest for me? You've seen you. I mean, you help with our youth group, so you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things Eugene also touched on was this idea of cultural idols or cultural values mm. uh, that are opposed to those of the kingdom of Christ's church. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there, there are generic ones we can see across the Western world, and Eugene uh, talked about power, money, and achievement. Mm. And I think within the context of New Zealand, we see other things, values or idols that are elevated uh, and become dominant features of the landscape of our country that aren't kingdom values. And so one of mm. these, I think, is that self-depreciation uh, humour, that way we tear other people down. Um, yeah. And for me, I come back to passages like the Beatitudes in Scripture, where Jesus so clearly held up uh, a negative cultural value against a kingdom truth. Mm. You know, like in a world that was dominated by an aggressively militant empire that enforced peace on everyone, Jesus said, you look, like, I know that's what peace looks like for them. But blessed are those who truly make peace, not enforce it, because yeah. they will inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. You know, so he held up uh, these kingdom truths that stood uh, opposed to these idols. Yeah. And I think for us working with young people, when we're looking at questions of identity, of worth, of this kind of negative humor that tears people down, mm-hmm. actually, I think the kingdom truth is everyone is created in the image of God. Yeah. Everyone sure. is God's for image. Sure. And I think it's to us as ministers to role model that and to live out a life where we constantly call out the best in other people. We proclaim mm-hmm. the best over them uh, and we only ever believe the best of them. Yeah. And so we, we can show the inherent value of people who don't look, sound, talk, act like us. We can model that to our young people and help them see uh, the importance of doing that in their own lives. Yeah. That actually everyone has value. Yeah, I think that's, I feel like maybe we need to <laughs> come back again because, again, I have so many more thoughts about where, what this looks like for me. But let's just end with, like, giving ourselves a challenge of what we're going to do this week. And mm. everyone who's listening, we recommend that you do the same because for me, I find if I don't set something down, I'll just forget about it. Um. So what are you going to do this week to challenge that awkwardness that he talked about, about mm. embracing uncomfortableness? Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife and I have been wrestling for a while around what the next step looks like for us mm. uh, in deepening our understanding of Māori tanga. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been putting off doing anything about it because it would take time and effort. <laughs> <laughs> um so we've just signed up to a new Tramari course and we're making new commitments to practice Māori language in our household, to learn new words, to challenge each other. Awesome. Um, so I am I'm looking forward to that. It'll be good. It'll be really hard. Mm. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to that next step for me and trying to use more of those words that I learn uh, in my everyday conversation. Mm. What about yourself, Jasmine? Um, I think I'm going to start small because, like I said, it's always been something that I've been, like, a little bit nervous about. So I'm going to start by trying to incorporate more Māori words into um, our youth group program around what we do. But also one of the things I was thinking about is that every time the person, there's this Māori guy who comes to our church, Mm. he's, like, the only one, but he always 
um, says hello to me in Māori and I'm always like, I don't know what to say, I'll just say hello back. But I'm going to start trying to actually like engage with him Hey. in Māori and I think for me that'll be a good conversation starter and maybe actually starting to have some more conversations with him <coughs> about what he sees in our church and what he would like because awesome. um, yeah. I don't think we do a good job of engaging with him yeah cool good challenge yeah, yeah. I look forward to hearing how you go with it thank you for I look all you to listeners trying. look we've loved having this conversation we hope you've enjoyed listening and uh, we really look forward to releasing uh, the follow-on conversations yeah. in the near future. And we hope that you will join us for the journey. Yeah. In the meantime, God bless you and uh, God bless your ministry.